Hey y'all, Sam Marisek here, and I'm your host of the podcast, The Dietitianist. Combine the words dietitian and nutritionist. You get the gist. I am so excited, y'all. I have a friend, former teammate, amazing runner, and person in general, Nicole Casey, formerly Jones with me. And before we dive in, my go-to disclaimer, this podcast is meant for informational and educational purposes only. It does not constitute a client-provider relationship nor should it be used for individualized medical nutrition therapy advice. Should you have specific nutrition-related questions, I encourage you to contact me directly. So, Nikki, please introduce yourself to everyone. And if you forget anything, I'll be sure to add it. Okay. (laughs) Hi, everyone. My name is Nicole. I'm an artist. I'm an athlete. I make music. I sing and I dance. And um, all of my interests, I've performed in a professional capacity throughout my years, though not all at once. And uh, I'm a learner. I teach myself uh, something. If I want to learn it, then I do my best to find the information and be patient. And I'm adventurous and creative. Thanks, Nikki. Okay, you said learner. I remember specifically at Baylor, you were teaching yourself new things on the guitar. And I was so amazed. I was like, I don't have the patience for that. And you're like, no, 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 no. I totally, yeah, Sam, it's all good. Um, do you remember that summer? We, it was just the two of us and we stayed at North Village. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's actually something that I, when I was doing over the notes, that was a key point is that summer in North Village. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, I think, yeah, and we took turns like, well, I had to ride the bike while you ran because I had a boot. Oh, yeah. And I would yes. just pull you around Waco. <laughs> It'd be like 110 degrees and you'd be like, all right, are you ready? Um, <laughs> n- so initially, Nikki and I met at Baylor running and uh, is it okay if I mention it, Nikki? You you left out some of like, um, like I believe your 800 meter PRs 204. You competed in the Olympic trials in 2008. You were one of the youngest athletes ever in Big 12 history to win an indoor Big 12 champion title and uh, graduated high school early, correct? Correct. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever asked you, was graduating high school early so you could compete sooner in college or did that have nothing to do with it? Um, it actually was all to do with my athletic career. So I, I graduated early because I felt like staying another senior year to compete with people. I was obviously like a higher level. So I would have won everything and it just wouldn't have been a challenge. And that's just like the real facts of the situation. I wasn't, it's not even like bragging. That's how the facts were. Like I was just, I was so far ahead of everyone that it was like kind of pointless. So um, it was actually my my mom and Coach Harbor that suggested I graduate early. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did a summer long distance learning program where they sent all the textbooks and then I tested after after like studying for the summer. Uh, I did all the finals, and it was it was really crammed into a, like a 
small period of time that I had to study and uh, I had like 12 hour days of studying so I could complete all this in the summertime. Oh my gosh. And balancing that with training. Yeah. Yeah. Training too. Um, my mom would get me up at like 5 a.m. and then we'd run before it got too hot in Texas. <laughs> yes. Originally from Houston, right? Yes. Yes. And um, what made you choose Baylor ultimately? Hmm. Because, you know, at the caliber of running you were at, I'm, you know, any school was, was on your list. Yeah, that's true. Um, I had a lot of choices. Ultimately, it came down to um, meeting Coach Harbor at the, what was that race called? Um, Nike South. Mm -hmm. Or no, it was the Foot Locker. Foot Locker Regionals which was in North Carolina and, um, and that was my junior year. And um, Coach Harbor was there scouting, I'm, I'm assuming like recruiting and watching the races. And I, I won the race that day. And after the race, he walked up to me and gave me this huge handshake and like, you know, shook my arm, like really <laughs> made an impact. <laughs> And he had a huge smile on his face and, and something about that interaction was like really stuck in my mind. You know, like some people have this, I don't know, like vibrant way of them. They, they make an impression in a very memorable way. And so I don't eat my head, my cat's eating my headphones. Sorry. Luna, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Um, so after that, I looked into Baylor and I actually had a letter from Coach Harbor, um, that my high school coach had, cause there was like some system where, um, colleges had to send recruit letters to the, the coach, like the mm -hmm. high school coach and Baylor's was among those. And, and I read it and it was just, it was a handwritten letter and then it was very personable and uh, a huge thing was that Baylor is a private Christian school. So that mm -hmm. was also part of the consideration. And, and Coach Harbor is just uh, an amazing person, very inspirational and encouraging. And just like, so yeah, that really drew me to the school mostly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a um, neat story and kind of dives into then hey, like once you got to Baylor and the running component, and I know the podcast in and of itself kind of focuses on nutrition and when you're an athlete at that level, what does that look like learning how to balance those two? Oh, balance. I would say I had an attempt at balance. Uh, you know, I, I made it through. <laughs> But I, I had no prior uh, skills or exercise in that sort of aspect of athletic training. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was a lot of experimentation or more like observation because I was just doing, I was just eating whatever I wanted to. Um, I was really big into sweets and uh, like bread kind of things. <laughs> 
and uh it's just like I really enjoyed eating yummy things <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely I I like how you said observation because I could echo a similar sentiment when I got to Baylor and looking up to you and um Aaron Bedell Danielle now Lewis who are like I'm literally, literally every long run, the ride of shame, not to be confused with walk of shame, getting picked <laughs> up in coach Herbert's truck. And then just, you know, having to pass all the other girls on the way back towards campus, like, oh, she couldn't make it. She couldn't make it. <laughs> he picked her up. So like, it's almost this, what are they doing? What's working well for them? And you know, kind of whatever that team culture is. And I think what's so paramount about nutrition is what works well for one person may be a train wreck for someone else. And so I, I would say, oh my gosh, yeah, I definitely had to trial and, and error. And then when I decided to study it as a career field, I was like, wow, okay. So there's some science behind it, but I think it's almost across the board in women's distance running, or would you disagree? Uh, it's definitely across the board. Um, I feel like Luna, <laughs> hold on, <laughs> you're going to have to add because she's having a good time. Mom's not paying <laughs> <Yeah>. attention. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's definitely across the board in female athletics that there needs to be more education about how to stay balanced with nutrition and performance. And um, I, I personally, personally felt like um, a lot of focus is put into nutrition only after an athlete is not at the, the target weight for like women. A lot of times it was, you gain too much weight, you need to lose like five to 10 pounds or something. Um, that was so huge. I remember uh, not wanting to gain that freshman 15 and Yes. Yes. And yes, I don't want to cut you off prematurely, but I also was only approached when maybe my body size was larger, Mm -hmm. but when my body size got smaller, when I got there and had to up my training, nothing was ever like nobody from the athletic staff approached me. It was only the opposite. Mm -hmm. However, I will say, I think the at least specifically at Baylor, I think the dialogue or the narrative has changed. I know there are sports dietitians and other performance nutrition related personnel on staff. However, I know I was there from 08 to 12, and I know you were there a couple of years um, previously. But to my knowledge, there wasn't any formal preventative type measures true I don't know can you think of like I I want to say once there was a dietitian who came and it was more of don't do xyz and I was like wow that was quite discouraging (laughs) and as runners who I'm not sure what your mileage peaked at I'm gonna assume close to triple digits at one point in your career like in theory like we should be able to, and I, I'm not a fan of using the word should, but consume whatever it is, like we feel like is balancing for both like eating for pleasure as well as athletic performance. And I didn't feel like that was necessarily the vibe 
when I was there. True. Yeah. Um, I feel like some people had a natural sense on like, you know, the carbs, proteins, balance it. But mm-hmm. for the most part, everyone's like coming out of high school and like hasn't had like formal education about that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're just going to eat what you feel is good for you in, in the moment. And a lot of times that's good enough because we each have our own intuitive sense about those types of things. Like maybe we get information down the line that adjusts it a little bit, but you know, we're just getting started out and learning. Yeah. Yes. Learning being the, the key word there. Um, yeah. Switching gears a little bit on you here. So out of your entire Baylor experience, I know you had shared what drew you initially to Baylor. What would you say was your favorite all-time memory as a student athlete there? Okay. Um, I want to say two. Um, I have like at least three top favorite uh, memories. Let's hear them all. We want them all. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I want to talk about the summer in North Village because that, w- that was actually a talking point, but I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to answer something else that you're going to ask. Girl, take it away. Um, well, the, the summer at North Village was, I think it was after my junior year, and I was taking some summer classes, and right around that time, I had a breaking point in all the stress I was feeling. I decided I wanted to lighten everything up. Um, I didn't put so much pressure on myself for the grades, my performances. And I was just like, I think I need to be more of a human, uh, honor myself as a human being and not looking at my performance, my stats, my grades. And I tried to like get myself back mentally try to smile more and the the summer at North Village was a catalyst for that um because I was hanging hanging around you and you just seemed like really chill like you knew how to do things nutritionally on your own I was like oh she's not even trying you know and and so like I just started you know kind of like emulating that a bit uh having fun just just being and just talking and and got to hang out with you outside of the athletic realm and so it was very like eye-opening like whoa this is really fun <laughs> like, Nikki, <laughs> I felt the same because campus at that point was a ghost town because it was definitely after spring finals so it was late May for sure so it was just yeah us hanging out running I don't know what else we did. Ride bikes. <laughs> I think that was it. It's just like a lot of time, just like kicking back, like hanging back and talking. And uh, yeah, just just literally just being chill. <laughs> I'm sure there was some like Cameron Park visits, which. Oh, yeah. I, have you been back to Waco since it exploded with Magnolia? Ooh. It's been years since I've been back there um yeah I haven't been back since 2012 oh yeah that's right um the last time I was there was uh 20 
10, I ran a race. Uh, it was a road race there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, someone's dropping off a package or something. They are jamming out. So <laughs> we were talking about, oh, top, top three. And I think I interrupted your thoughts about North Village. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was one of the top memories. And then uh, the second one uh, was with uh, Renee, Renee Van Wy. She, um, the following summer, like the, the summer just before I graduated, mm -hmm. uh, it was it was kind of a similar thing. Like, but this time around, I took summer classes because I failed <laughs> a couple of classes. <laughs> As, as part of this deciding to be more of a human being and like honor myself as a human being, part of that included sleeping more. And so like I skipped class a few, a few times too many. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I failed a couple classes and then, uh, but I had no stress about it. I, I was starting to feel better gradually. Um, and so like <laughs> coming back around to my senior year summer, I'm taking more summer classes and then um and this time Renee she she stayed with me for a summer because her cat had fleas and and then she <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm so, sorry. sorry keep going keep going her cat had fleas and so she had to set off this flea bomb in her apartment and it gave her this whole body rash <laughs> uh, and her eyes were swollen and and she's she's like a model and she looked nothing like herself and, <laughs> and so she showed up at my door looking like this uh and crying picture her and like dropping every four-letter word about how annoyed she is and like mad at Franny <laughs> yeah. so she she showed up at my door crying um and asking pretty much begging for a place to stay for the summer because she couldn't stay there um and so I was like sure of course and and she had classes too and one night she just like randomly got me out of my bedroom was like hey you want to go for a drive and I was like sure uh okay <laughs> <laughs> and um she had just started dating this guy um summer fling kind of thing and they were going out on a night ride to the David Koresh site uh I'm, I don't know if you're familiar with that yeah the branch the branch Davidians yes yeah. um so we drove out to that site and it was like 1 a.m and it was really dark and we uh we were like right outside of the gate and we dared we all dared each other to go over the gate and walk toward the building so we did we started walking toward the building and we, when we got closer, these huge headlights just flash on and we're blinded by these headlights. And, and so we started screaming and running and <laughs> there's gravel on the ground. So we're like, kind of like Scooby-Doo running where we're running in place for a second and just <laughs> you know, like falling all over each other. Like, oh, let's go, go, go. And we, and we ran <laughs> back to the car and sped out of there, uh, blazing a trail of dust behind us. <laughs> yeah oh man yeah Renee was always up for a good time <laughs> yeah and then um uh, the third memory was uh running with Danielle we we crossed 
the Brazos River. I think that's the name of the, the big river there. Yeah. Yeah. We crossed the Brazos River on train tracks. So pedestrians are obviously not supposed to be on this kind of bridge. It's it's literally just train tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but but we didn't want to double back the route that we ran, uh, which we would have had to do. We would have had to like go across the river some other way. And this would have been the quickest way for us to cross. And so we started crossing and we got halfway and like it had just flooded. So the river is just looking treacherous and like, uh, wow, it was crazy. And about halfway across the bridge, a train started coming. <laughs> <laughs> and and we were just like you know just imagine doo, 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 doo. um I'm gonna stay relaxed but I really need to like walk a little bit faster you know <laughs> but I'm not looking down and I'm all, not looking back but you know sort of like this rush feeling but knowing we have to stay relaxed so we don't fall through the the huge gaps where the you know those planks Between, are yeah the railroad ties yeah and oh so gosh. we got across, but it was like one of those close call kind of things uh, that was probably way too dangerous. <laughs> so, I don't yeah. think of all the places in Waco, I don't think I've ever run on the actual train tracks. Yeah. Where um, were you guys? Uh, it's, it's hard to picture now because um, it's such a long stretch of... Oh, where was that? Obviously, yeah, not near campus. No, I, no, it's definitely a, and it was across like the other side, um, not on the campus side, but like. Do you? Yeah, ever the think of, mm -hmm. Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, it was it was part of the city where it was obviously like no students live there, uh, more like the normal houses. <laughs> Do you yeah. ever think back to the times? and places you ran by yourself on OYO days and think, wow, what was I thinking? Yes. I think about that a lot. I'm like, oh my, and didn't have a phone, didn't tell anyone where I was going. Just like, I'm just going to go run 10 miles by myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually think about that very often as well. Like this morning, I thought about it because it was really cold in Los Angeles this morning and uh, was it like 50 Nikki uh, you know what I didn't <laughs> think but it was cold enough where I, I had to it probably was um I had to wear a long sleeve everything so like long mm -hmm. tights uh, I had a regular t-shirt and then long sleeve on top of the t-shirt mm -hmm. and my my hands were still frozen my like my forearms and my hands uh mm -hmm we're definitely like getting that frostbite feeling where it was, I couldn't bend them as quickly. Um, and it made me think back to a time when I was out running by myself and it had just snowed and, and it was starting to transition into this sleet. It was like wet, rainy snow. And I got drenched in this kind of weather and it was like 30 something degrees. And I was, I was actually hypothermic and uh, I, I stopped the run at one point just to like huddle up into a ball and try to like warm myself up. But eventually I made it back to the dorms and I just 
I stayed like in the fetal position with the hot water uh, running on me because I've never been that cold before. And I hope that never happens again. <laughs> yeah, That's just awful. I'm on my own, like yeah, pretty much on the brink of death. <laughs> yes, yes. Or like, if if God forbid, like you were to go missing, like nobody knows where where we went running. You know, um, I go back to lighter note. Your experience with Danielle a couple of years ago, believe it or not, I was in Augusta, Georgia, watching my brother race a half iron man and i see off in the distance a woman running and i was like man that girl she sure looks like danielle like the form you know how when you have been around runners enough to be like that form looks like blah 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 sure enough she gets close enough and so i'm screaming at the top of my lungs go danielle and so she was there racing professionally it was a, a looped portion on the run. And she's like, oh my gosh, Sam Patty. And so I, you know, I like jogged with her for, well, ran, sprinted basically part of it. And I was like, I can't believe it's you. So then we caught up a little bit after the race, but um, yeah, she's just doing her thing and racing professionally as a triathlete now. I was like, oh my gosh. That is amazing. Uh, I follow her on Instagram. And it's like extremely professional. I'm I'm super impressed, and I'm actually like, I need to learn from that. Uh, I get some ideas from her Instagram page. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I love D. Um, remember at one point we called her Mama D. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh my God! <laughs> right. We we love you, D. We love you, D. Um. I, I wish I knew her Instagram handle off the top of my head, but if you look up Danielle Lewis, I'm sure anyone could find her. Um, but yeah, let me look it up real quick, just <laughs> so I, we can share it with everyone. Yes, um, I think she has a new sponsor, Precision Hydration and Fuel, or something too. Shout out to them. <laughs> um, okay, let's see. I'm just checking this. It is um, Danielle Wistry. So it's D-A-N-I-L-E-W-I-S-T-R-I. Something try. We'll have to put it in the show notes for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting to me how many of our, the girls we ran with do something related still whether it's like a professional athlete or something related to the health field I feel like it just is running is one of those things you just never it never really leaves you do you do you feel similarly I do feel that very much um running has made me who I am and uh actually balances me neurologically like I feel like it's a uh, kind of a meditative thing, uh, a therapeutic thing, and it, it feels like a necessity. Like I, I can't go too many days in my life like doing nothing. You know, <laughs> I gotta have like some intense something that uh, you know is 
a little bit challenging, but like the re- the rewarding kind of challenging. Um, yeah, yeah, it just it clears my head and like I feel really purposeful when I do it. Yeah, I get a lot of ideas when I'm running. Mm-hmm. Uh, like seem to come a lot easier. Yeah, more running. more of a free flow state. Nikki, have you ever done the Enneagram? What's that? It's kind of like a Myers Briggs. Are you an Enneagram four? They're like creative types. Oh yeah, I, I would describe myself as creative creative type. Yeah. Yeah, you'll you'll have to go check it out after. I'm I, I took it a couple of years ago through um someone I met at work and I've become like obsessed. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm getting off into the weeds. So, what were we talking about before that again? Uh, Danielle running outlet outlet doing running yeah what is what is running look like for you now so now that you you know collegiate career is is over and um pursuing more creative type work how does running fit into Nikki's daily daily life well I'm doing a lot more creative type work um but I'm seeing how running it um it has taught me ways to approach other areas of my life. So, for example, uh, training, I have this sense of, okay, you need to put in the time, the effort. Um, you know, I have an intuitive sense about how much I can do, like how far, how many days in a row. Um I've become more self-aware with running. And so like I apply that to other things. Like if I want to learn something, I need to pace myself. Uh, I need to make a schedule. And sometimes I don't follow the schedule exactly, but it's just the the whole mindset of being in, intentional about it. And then uh, looking at it as a training in a way. And that's what makes it fun for me too. Mm-hmm. I think you said before we started recording, you're training for something, a race. Well, I'm I'm getting race ready. Um, I don't have like a particular race. Like I know within the year, I want to run a half marathon and a few five Ks. Mm-hmm. So uh, these past six months, I I started training more consistently, like every other day, mm-hmm. and then you know occasionally putting in faster miles like if I start out slow I'll start trying to pick it up towards the end of the run uh and then last month I made it I ran one mile at six minute flat and I was super surprised by that I was like I didn't know I could still like run in that zone uh and I felt really like springy and good Uh so that was very encouraging and I'm like maybe I should start trying to run longer faster again so that I'm I'm more race ready like I'd literally just gotten that mindset like these past few months that's so cool and I love how running can kind of just whatever life stage you find yourself in it's like you know even if it's not maybe where a person was before it's still challenging because it's you know, I can definitely say like, after having kids, I know I'm not ever going to be as fast, but it's a new different kind of challenge. Like now I'm pushing you in a stroller, you know? 
So similar mm -hmm. to how you said you were like, I didn't know I had the, you know, six minute mile, like I haven't touched that in a while. And, you know, if we think a decade previously, we're like, oh my gosh, that was much easier back then. But just being able to adjust and pivot and still find joy in the process. I think that for me is like one of the greatest joys of, of running. What would you say to anyone who may be listening, who's considering college athletics? Like what would be maybe something you wish you knew back then that you know now after you've experienced it? Would you overall recommend it to somebody? Um, or like, what would you look for in a coach, a school, things like that? The advice I would give to anyone going into college athletics is about authenticity and self-awareness. Um, I feel like if an athlete knows what's best for them, do the best to hang on to that sort of internal knowledge. And, you know, it's unavoidable that we're going to have influences about you know, do this, do this, try this, try that. But, um, you know, it's just having that self-awareness and doing the best to stay, to stay centered in that and take all information as more of a consideration instead of like a hard fact, like you have to do this. Mm. Um, yeah. And then in addition to that, I think sleep, <laughs> making sure getting enough sleep so that all of these efforts are worthwhile and balanced um so that you know problems can be approached with a clear head and you know everything's working the best it can uh you know mm -hmm. like that well-rested self-awareness um yeah yeah so sounds like having that anchor point as a individual as a person I think Baylor's football this past season had the hashtag person over player. I was like, wow, that's really good. You know, focusing on like who you are as opposed to what your primary role is. And I was like, yeah, because when we lose sight of that kind of goes to hell in a handbasket sometimes. And then you said recovery, which yes. Oh my gosh. Recovery is so important, which it's so funny. I, like most weekends I found myself it's like college didn't necessarily have the typical college lifestyle, at least maybe not when I was competing anyway. And it'd be like nine o'clock and I'd be like, I got to go to bed. <laughs> Were you in that camp? But you're a night owl. I I was a night owl. Um, not by choice. Uh, I had some sleep issues in college uh, in addition to the stress, you know, it's, mm. Um, and so sometimes like I, a lot of times I would have a good time just being up, uh, learning things or I don't know, staring off into space, thinking about things. Uh, <laughs> uh I, but I, I didn't party though in college. I just, I was really focused mm -hmm. on the athletics and the academics. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't live that college party life. <laughs> yeah no I don't think most girls on our team did or if they did it was like very far and few between because it's you can't really sustain yourself like binge drinking and not sleeping and then getting up at five something a.m to run 
they don't really mm -hmm. coincide. Yeah, and it's what's funny about that is that um, I I didn't really know about that life. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I discovered it when I was finished with my eligibility, but had like two more classes I had to take, so I graduated in in the summer but I was finished running competitively. So I was in Waco taking two classes and um, looking back, definitely some questionable decisions, but yeah, yeah. And I'm almost like, wow, I'm glad I had the college experience I did because if I would have like lived four years like that, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I don't know that the binge drinking and Greek life is really all it's cracked up to be, or is like the bee's knees. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Pass. Mm -hmm. I remember specifically, so I was living with Keeks and Kathy and it was like springtime of our senior year. So you, you had graduated already. And for some reason, we were helping out with a recruiting weekend. There was a big event at a steakhouse on the Brazos River. And there were a lot of girls and guys in town. And we were supposed to have long run. And then a lot of the cross team was going to this lunch in the afternoon after treatment. But our neighbors, for some reason, it was a house. So we were in a duplex next to a house, decided to have this raging party. And of course, my bedroom was like right by their yard. So I slept a few hours at best. And of course, like, as I'm sure you can relate, you're like thinking in your head, I got to get up early. I have to go run. I don't want to be tired. So I literally went out there on our mini balcony and I'm like trying to scream over the music thinking, yeah, I'll just be rational with a bunch of drunk college kids. This is going to work out great. So I get someone's attention while they're playing beer pong. And I'm standing there in my underwear and just a big t-shirt. And I'm like, hey, can you hear me? And I'm sure they're inebriated, but some girl's like, I hear you. And I'm like, hey, I gotta run far in the morning. Can you turn the music down? Like, I'll just apply logic to this. I'm not kidding, Nikki. They just turned it up even louder. I was... <laughs> <laughs> so living and just to like think that they're actually going to listen um so the next morning Katie Shaw came to meet me I don't even know why because we were going to meet at the slick but she was there and I was like hang on I gotta go wake up my neighbors and she's like SP what are you doing don't go no no what are you doing <laughs> I'm like hang on I gotta take care of something so I'm banging on their door and of course they're passed out like no one's gonna answer it but I'm just like screaming at nobody and I was like rise and shine neighbors um something about waking up early I don't even know I was tired and I was just mad that I didn't sleep and, and had to go run um but yeah that's probably a memory that definitely sticks out and I tried to convince <laughs> Keeks and Kathy to help me fork their yard and of course they wouldn't. They're like, Sam, it, it's it's not worth your time. Don't do it. It's dumb. Don't do it, Sam. Of course, you tell me not to do it. I'm going to do it. So I waited until a substantial amount of time had passed. So they wouldn't think it was crazy half-dressed neighbor runner girl. 
Nikki, I put 500 plastic forks in their backyard <laughs> all by myself. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> You're feisty. Wow. I mean, it's, it's just plastic <laughs> forks. I feel like that's pretty harmless. But um, yeah. Yeah. They probably, I mean, yeah. But college experience, I think that's what we were talking about. <laughs> yeah that's very memorable for sure yeah so we've talked we've talked nutrition kind of um running in general as well as like college running what else do you want to leave with our listeners do you want to plug anything for any of your creative work that you are currently pursuing follow me on instagram what's your handle at Nicole XOXR that's N-I-C-H-O-L-E-X-O-X-R okay I'll, yeah. I'll include it in the show notes along with Danielle's Instagram handle that we don't know how to pronounce she'll have to get back to us <laughs> on that <laughs> um Nikki this has been so much fun and uh, so much fun to reminisce hopefully our listeners if anything got a good laugh and maybe a little bit deeper insight into distance running and pursuing college athletics and the like. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Thank you so much. This has been so fun. I'm so glad I get to see your pretty face. <laughs> like, what? It's like literally such a treat to talk to you again because it's been so many years. And, um, I'm very grateful that you had me on here today. Yeah. Right back at you, girl. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in. Applicable resources and shout outs included in the show notes. Until next time, y'all. Cheers. <laughs>